Welcome to the Axis Performance Podcast. This podcast was originally designed to really have conversations with people in the sports science and strength conditioning industry. Uh, Here you'll hear people's stories on how they got to where they got in the industry, athletes talking about triumphs and battles they've had, and then a whole heap of banter. The whole podcast is 100% unscripted, nothing's pre-planned, so I hope you enjoy. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Axis Performance Podcast. Today we have with us the one, the only, Jake <laughs> Leslie. Welcome, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. It's okay. Um, how was the trip down from the western suburbs to the southeast? Uh, it was a pretty pretty nice ride on the, the Monash, no no accident, so 45 minutes. It's quick. Yeah, can't complain with that. It's quick. Alright, um, outside of the strength conditioning LA Health stuff that you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, so apart from work, um, I have a dog, live in Q. Uh, I used to be a mad Carlton supporter, not anymore. They always let me down. Um, I've just got back a couple of weeks ago from a charity ride, which we rode from Canberra to Melbourne, raising awareness and funds for ovarian cancer research. Um, so, pretend athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we all? Of course. Tell us about that. Tell us about the charity ride. Uh, yeah, so, Last year, second year, running the uh, Silver Lining ride. Uh, last year we rode from, um, what did we ride? Adelaide to Melbourne. Um, this year we thought we changed it up, Canberra, Canberra to Melbourne, Outback, New South Wales, just, you know, riding 100 to 170 k's a day. Um, 12 of us, support crew, stopping in little towns, having... Uh, like fundraising, you know, shaking tins at the pub when we're refi- refueling. Uh, the tan lines look good. Sam Holton. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of lot of talk along the way, but you know, the, the big thing is just raising awareness and raising funds for ovarian cancer. So how how many days did it take from Canberra uh, to Melbourne? So it was eight days and a thousand kilometres, oh. or just under a thousand kilometres. So we left from overlooking Parliament House in Canberra and ended up at the MCG. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and then finished with a bit of an auction at the Sporting Globe in Richmond. So it was good. Nice. How much money did you end up raising? Uh, at the moment, uh, I haven't looked, but I think we're at fifty or 60000 Where? Um, a little bit short of our $150,000 goal, but like I said, raising awareness is the big thing. Um, so you may have seen us on Channel 9 News. Clint Stanaway is sort of the face of it, uh, the news reporter, the sports news reporter. Yeah, so how many news ended up going from Canberra? So there's 12 of us at the start of the ride, yeah. 12 that finished. <laughs> Everyone finished. <laughs> Everyone finished. Um, we had a couple of really good cyclists lead from the front and the rest of us uh, kind of hacks, but do a little bit of cycling here and there. So yeah. Good fun. No, um, no issues with any of the... Uh trucks in the outback New South Wales? 
Uh, look, we steered clear of the Hume Highway a bit. Um, went, went a lot of back roads, so stay away from that highway. But look, we're protected pretty well with back and front car. So. Yeah, okay. nice, yeah. nice. So tell us a little bit about what you do for, for work. You sort of double, double threat. Yeah, so I, I've got a like a myotherapy background. Um, so in that sort of realm of things, I, I co-own a clinic, um, Optimus Health Group, and that's with physios and you know, we work with a lot of community level clubs, um, supplying that like sports medicine sort of stuff. Uh, and I'm also involved at the Western Bulldogs as a soft tissue therapist. So I'm there four days a week, just at training, treating the players. Um, so that's 50% of what I do. The other 50% is strength and conditioning, personal training sort of stuff. Uh, so just currently now doing a bit of rowing stuff at schoolboy level, um, a little bit of schoolboy rugby stuff. Uh, a lot of work with like runners and getting runners strong. And yeah, that's about my gist. So it keeps me busy throughout the day. So early starts, late finishes, weekend work. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. Not not that often anymore. Come out a few by three. Nice. Good. <laughs> I wish go, that was the case. You go home and deal with three kids. I don't know if you clock off completely, but out of here it is. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm job to job. Usually I put three different uniforms on in one day. So. Busy man, but you do it while you can. Yeah. So you got the doggies on today, so they've just started back at pre-season? Yeah, so first week back, um, it's just the first to fourth years, I believe. Um, so you know, there's 12, 13 of the boys floating around. The full squad's back in two weeks, so you know, it starts again for season 2019. Hopefully a little bit better than last year. Yes. My, uh, my wife and father-in-law, we are actually, well, Axis Performance actually play sponsors. Of Lewis Roberts, Thompson, Lewis Young, Lewis Young, there, Lewis we, Young. Go. there we go, there we go, <laughs> Lewis Young. I'm a St Kilda supporter, hence why I don't know his name. Hence why you're quiet about that as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about St Kilda. But um, yeah, hopefully, I think I went to more doggy games over the past two years than I have St Kilda games. So hopefully, they can um, actually. You know, be at the pointy end <laughs> rather than at the the bottom end. The bottom where Carlton end. are as well. The, uh, yeah, can't take a little bulldogs. Powerhouses. One is anyway. Um. So we when did we met meet level two, Asker yeah. start yeah. of the year. Yeah, that was yeah. That seems a long time ago. Down at uh, Cousy Performance. Yeah. Um. Tell us a little bit about your experience with the course and. And all the everything that you have to do afterwards. Yeah, so the level two is look. It's very valuable if you want to work in like if you want to like. I think everyone should do their their level one askers. Quite a good thing for the vast majority of people who work in our health fitness industry to get. Um, I think it gives you a different perspective on you know most people are quite like stuck in their ways blinkers. Um, I feel like you do your level one and it opens your eyes a little bit if you're not used to working in elite sport um, and you can sort of bring that back. Your level two, you've got to be very committed. Um, so over four days, those two weekends in a row, 
very tough. Like I know you were building this facility at the same time, so you you were stressed. You were the most stressed person I've ever seen. I think your wife was pregnant. Yeah, and she was pregnant as well. Um, really good to do if you're going to be working in strength and conditioning. If you want to work with teams, like I think it's a prerequisite now for most jobs. Um, but look, the workload's massive. If you haven't worked in sport. There's a lot of work to go into the workbook, isn't there? Like programming, and explain yeah. your programming. Yeah. Um, it took me a little bit longer than I really wanted it to, and I had all the information there. Um, but look, I I believe in the long run it'll be worth it. Like level two ASCA coach sounds pretty good. It does. It looks good on the resume. <laughs> at, at, at the end of the day, it's, I think I learned more from all the other guys in the course than I did the the course slides. To be honest. Yeah, I've never cleaned and snatched so much over a two weekend period than I have <laughs> in that my traps were cooked yeah I, to keep up with you boys yeah I'm I can't I'm not mobile enough to s- snatch or yeah, clean yeah. from the ground but when you get a few a bit of testosterone in there oh um I don't think I've snatched since <laughs> me either me either I struggle yeah, and I'm a Mayo and I don't like getting touched, so I just dealt with it. <laughs> it was crazy. I think um, I think the group we had was quite, like you said, learnt a lot off, you know, there was the two, um, not AFL women, but two uh, girls that worked in women's footy. Yeah, they were cool. Um, obviously, no, Shane. Not, yeah. Shane from the Melbourne, Melbourne Rebels. Rebels. Who, um, he's worked over in the UK in the Premier Rugby Comp over there. Yeah. We had um, the ex-Indian sprinter who works in cricket. Yeah, he was awesome. Mate, he burnt everyone. Yeah, he was good. His he sprint was technique good. was perfect. Uh, who else we have? School teacher. School teacher. Me and you. Um, I feel like we're missing someone. There was another girl there. Oh, uh, worked at KV Fitness. That's right, yeah. She moved to Canberra. Yeah, she so she, Canberra. yeah another AFL or women's football <coughs> So Yeah. It was a good crew. Um, yeah, like I said, I learned a lot from everyone that was in there. And like the lecturers are good, like they, they've all worked in elite sports. Yeah. So you, um, yeah, I learned a lot off uh, those three that we had. I think they sort of led us in. So I know like Alex with his Melbourne stuff sort of led it, you know, showed us some stuff from the season before with all like the RPE stuff that they do with the tactical side of stuff so it's like you know this drill is worth four RPE points and that you know things like that I think getting inside to that kind of stuff was was pretty cool well that's it like you get their their intellectual property you can sort of see what they use to an extent yeah and it's good to see like I said it's good to see if you haven't worked in elite sport you're kind of guessing yeah there's a lot of clubs won't share what they use no, so unless you're inside the four walls yeah um, so it's good that guys like that can share what the professionals are doing. Um, obviously, I don't want to get anyone into trouble, but you know, we saw some things maybe that a year ago you wouldn't be allowed to. No. But like you know, it's it's good to see that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and I think I think if you're doing your level two, I think there's enough respect in the industry that you're not gonna, you know. No, I'm just saying you're not gonna rag off and show no. it to someone. No. But at the end of the day. Like, Everyone programs very similar, so yeah, it's about yeah. how you coach it. I think that um, that exercise we did where we all had to get up 
well not all of us but a lot of us got up and we had to say this is what we're programming for this athlete at this stage and we sort of critiqued each other and said oh have you thought about this yeah I think that was a really good I think we've done that a little bit here with our coaches about like oh why did you choose this not saying it's wrong yeah but just to get you to think about it a little bit more yeah definitely I because I got up there and, and did some of the stuff I've done at under 18s when I worked at the NRL Victoria stuff and it's like this is what we did oh why didn't you do this this and this I'm like well, we didn't have the space all the time and it's good to you know you get questioned because oh, as a coach you become compliant you're like this is our program yeah and it's good to have someone go oh why didn't you try this and it's like oh why didn't I try that yeah um, I, I always like usually you're, you're your biggest critic with your programming um, but it's always good to have someone looking on the outside I reckon yeah like you get another coach to have a look at what you do or you know coaching techniques or you see a coach do something you're like ah oh, that's that's a better idea yeah 100% um, I've got that at the moment of a couple of a couple of interns I might just get your hands on them and force them into this position and they know what it feels like and she's like oh I've never thought about doing that and I was like doesn't matter yeah yeah like, they're here to train they don't care that you're going to be touching them yeah 100% so with your role obviously Mayo and a bit of S&C is there any situations where you combine the two? So you've got an hour with someone, you do a bit of soft tissue stuff first, and then and then work into an S and C session, or do you generally keep it split? Um, I reckon the strength and conditioning sessions are usually very strength and conditioning based. Yeah. But you know, I can use a lot of other modalities in that time. Um, like my assessment, hands-on orthopedic assessment skills are quite good, and you can use that in a strength and conditioning session. Some one-on-one clients will come in and we're supposed to do a session, like a rehab session. They come in and it's like, let's just do some soft tissue work today. Um, but I will I'll always combine, like you go in and treat and then you you take them into the gym for the last 10. This is what I want you to work on. Yeah. Um, I think there's a real change going now with soft tissue therapists that they'll, instead of just treating and getting a massage, they'll do a lot of rehab stuff whether they do it right <laughs> sometimes you hear some funny things but it's good that we're going that way in the industry um, so in short like yes I do combine them but an S&C session usually turns into an S&C session with some good recovery and good mobility warm up stuff um, and then a, a treatment session is usually a treatment session with a little bit of stuff at the end yep. um, I wouldn't hands on someone in the gym too much um, just pure privacy out of that one yeah yeah keep your shirt on <laughs> yeah unless you're you know crossfit yeah unless like, you're crossfit and running around in 9 degree weather without a shirt on <laughs> four, yeah, yeah um, no offence what what do you think for you is the biggest difference between obviously you've worked with sort of senior elite athletes you know even though it's soft tissue at the doggies and then you've got your your rowing kids and your rugby kids, what what do you see as the biggest difference when you know you've got a, a fully grown adult male compared to a, a junior kid that's still still going through that maturation phase? Uh, so oh, I've always said this, like a lot of my friends want to work in elite sport with elite athletes, uh, and I've always said it's it's fun. You know, you could help them get that one percent better. Um, whereas kids like there's such a developmental and skill acquisition and body maturation phase between 15 and 20 and I 
feel like if you can get them in that young, you have a bit more of an effect on their life and how they move. Yeah. So, you know, if you're getting good advice at that young age, it usually carries over into when they get a bit older. Whereas when you're working with adults, like, yeah, we get kids drafted at 18, um, you know, you're only having that such a small effect on them um, at a professional level. Whereas at that junior community level or kids and stuff like that, you haven't such a big, well, you can have such a big effect on them. Yep. Um, in an overall sort of thing. Like I think just working with the kids, I always make sure it's fun and they, um, they end up better people than when they walked in. Whereas unfortunately professional athletes, sometimes you're not gonna have much of an effect on them being a better person. Yeah, agreed. If you can hear some air blowing, we've been a bit lazy, we've got the normal tech gear on. <laughs> yeah, I was just telling Rod I uh, sprained my hamstring last night playing Oztag by not warming up. A non-contact <laughs> sport and he's doing hammies. Yeah. Great. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Yes. But yeah, that's why I live. Um, where do you see yourself sort of ending up career-wise? Do you think it's in more the private side of stuff or do you see it in the team sort of, you know, more the organisational team-based stuff? Um, to be honest, like, in 10 years' time, I'd love to just be a, a school teacher. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's sort of what I'm working towards. At the moment, I'm having fun. Like, I'm in my late 20s. Uh, I could work 14-hour days. But in 10, 12 years' time, I'd love to just have a school teacher role, teach health PE, teach Year 7 stuff. And, you know, um, that's a goal because I believe... You can work as a school teacher for 40 years. Being an SNC's coach, there's only so many times you can get up at 4 30 yeah. in the morning and then get home at 9 pm at night. I feel you there. Yeah, so school, like high school teaching, is probably something I'm looking at down the track. Yeah. For the next 10 years, like we're looking at opening our own facility, um, me taking on a full time role doing that, working with kids predominantly and community level sport. Yeah. Sort of like what you've got going on here. Yeah, so you would say that you would, you'd still be running, maybe running the business, but just your day-to-day task would be, yeah, go to school, maybe maybe pop into the clinic, or would you sort yeah. of split it completely and just be like, yeah, that part of my life's done, finish up there? Yeah, I'd probably stay on as a bit of a, like, director role. Yeah. Or, like, do one or two, like, I, I, still, I still love doing the hands-on stuff, um, but I reckon I'd full-time job teaching would be ideal in having a, having a part of the pie of the business um, and still keeping involved in that sort of stuff and just training up and teaching the next generation. Because um, I had some really good mentors who taught me some great things about business and working for yourself and work ethic. And, you know, if you can keep producing that out of your, your business, if you do business, a good name. Yeah. You don't have to go looking too far for good staff. No. They knock on your door and say, hey. Pretty much. Yeah. That's the easiest way to get a, a new... Someone comes to you, how easy is that? Yeah, 100%. So, who... Um, talk about mentors. Who, who are being some of your mentors? Uh, so, it started with... I had a, When I was... I did a year at the Melbourne Storm with their under-20s program, just as a trainer. Uh, so, you know, as you do in your last year of uni, you go and try and work in a professional club. Yeah. Um, so there was a really good physio we had at the time, Aaron, um, who I think he taught me so much about working with kids and injuries and 
dealing with that sort of stuff. Um, so he was really good in terms of how to work in the environment. Yeah. Um, my current boss, Brian, who you know. I do. He is a genius uh, in terms of how his mind works and how he gets things done. Usually he thinks of an idea and then he's like, cool, you guys figure out how to do that now. I'm like, oh no. Here you go. <laughs> uh, so he's been really good the last five years I've worked, worked with him. Um, as a couple of guys that are working in elite sport that I always bounce ideas off, um, hey, what do you think about this? Um, they've been really good. They go, oh, this is what I do, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then obviously my parents taught me hard work. Like my dad, mum and dad owned a business, so I knew what working hard was yeah, like. And amazing. you know, you do the work, you get a reward, basically. Um, non, non-work related, best holiday that you've been on? If you, if you could double up on a holiday, oh, where would it be? So, I went to a mate's wedding in Ireland this year. So I spent a week in Ireland. That's right. Yeah, you saw that on, yeah, I was pretty big on the gram for that. (laughs) Um, So I went to Europe for four weeks this year. I would love to go back and spend a month in Ireland. Yep. Um, I thought it was an amazing place. That'd be, that'd be it. Like, I I haven't been on a lot of holidays. I've been to New Zealand a couple of times, Bali. Uh, I've been to California for three weeks, just driving around there. That was pretty crazy. But Ireland was awesome. I had such a fun time over there. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What would your... Look, not America again. I've done that three times. Ah, oh, that's plenty. Um, look, I... We went to Thailand. We went to Phuket and... Um, and PP... Ooh, three, four years ago now. And there's this family, or like a, a company, but it's like family-owned that have these speedboats. Oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. And we did two half days, and it was like a hundred bucks for a private speedboat. There's two two things at um, Chan, Singer, like chips, more like, you know, for the kids that had, you know, Coke and, and whatever. But they'd take you to all these places that the commercial um, cruise places wouldn't go to around PP, and you'd stop, and there'd just be like, fish everywhere but the water was clear they'd be like yeah we'll jump, we'll jump off here have a swim they're like uh, we'll, we'll nick off we'll pick you up in you know like 20 minutes and and then by the end of the first day we're like can we do this again tomorrow <laughs> and they're like yep yeah, sure same place um, it was great that that part like we were in Patong and I don't know if anyone's been to Thailand you can live like a king yeah I was going to say oh, Bali was the same but super cheap but I, I get bored I've got to do things I'm yeah. a bit of an adventurer I think I can I don't like swimming yeah <laughs> yeah um, I like doing adventure stuff but yeah I've heard Thailand and stuff like that it's awesome it's crazy we went to the tiger place which I probably wouldn't go to again because they're highly drugged up but the day before someone from the eastern suburbs of Melbourne got mauled yeah no that's not for me but no no <laughs> warning no warning like hey guys let you know someone got eaten yesterday yeah, yeah, nah, so you're going up to different these, world out there. You're going up to these massive tigers and like patting them, and you just yeah yeah, it's that sort of that fear thing of not knowing what's going to happen, and then when you realise nah, you know they have no idea what's going on, which is sad. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a bit crazy. Yeah. All right, um, maybe to finish off and do a little bit of, I'm going to give direct two options. You choose what you prefer. Yeah. Union or league? League. League. <laughs> 
LeBron and Jordan. Oh, LeBron. What? Oh, I feel like he's setting himself up outside of basketball now a little bit better than Jordan is. Yeah. Um, he's more rounded. That's, yeah. that's the only reason why great basketballers, both of them. Yeah. But no, yeah, LeBron. Uh, needles or cupping? Needles. You, any reason why? Can they just work better? Yeah, I just think you can use them uh, a few different ways. Um, but yeah, personally, needles. Needles? Yeah. Um, squat or deadlift? Deadlift. Deadlift? Yeah. Um, run or lift? So I'm not a runner, but I've made myself a runner and I want to do a marathon. So lifting at the moment, but, probably but, but don't mind running. But yeah. would rather lift. Lifting's easy. You do it inside and you don't get wet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Unless you have a leaky roof. True. Um, Carlton or the Bulldogs? Elaborate. <laughs> um, they're both... All right. This year, they're both in the grand final. Oh, Carlton. Yeah, Carlton? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I might buy a membership next season. So you would you'd quite happily walk into work? Yeah. In your Carlton gear? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe underneath the t-shirt. Maybe underneath. <laughs> Maybe underneath. I think there's a few, I know a few guys that work with the doggies, yeah. or have, I don't know if they're still there. Massive Carlton supporters. Yeah. And it's... Uh, if we were both in the grand final next season, which wouldn't happen, just quietly, I'd, I'd be going for Carlton, and I'd probably wear something Carlton at work. Just <laughs> maybe socks or... Yeah, yeah, something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and sabotage anyone, but I'd be Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the biggest piece of advice you could give to someone that's sort of, you know, they might have done their Mayo degree initially, but thinking, oh, I want to do a little bit more S&C... What's that? What's the best bit of advice you could give give to someone in that position? Um, do your level one, Asker, and go and find go and find someone at elite level and do a week. Do a week with them. Um, go to training. Go and see how they do it at that elite level. Uh, you'll someone will always give you half a day or a day. Yeah. So go and spread yourself around and, and learn that way learn via osmosis but do your level one um, couldn't couldn't uh, like that's that's what you need to do if you want to do it at S&C even if you don't even if you don't end up working at least you've got an idea of what happens in yeah. the background you, you do can, it yeah you communicate with strength and conditioning coaches better face to face or online for level one no face to face face to face yeah because you learn so much from other people like I learned stuff from you the level one I learned some stuff from some exercise science kids um, and you just meet new people and good connections like yeah. this yeah get, just get to chill and normal tech normal tech and chill normal tech and chill yeah. alright mate thanks for coming down I know it was a bit of a, a bit of a hike from the from the toggies on Twitter Scray Frank Cocotso um, yeah thanks for coming down and I hope we're Chat again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was good. First uh, podcast. Done. Tick. See you guys.